And my sermon is titled Faith Challenge, or the Faith Challenge. And uh, you're going to say, Pastor, you're going to challenge my faith? I, I, I hope I will. I definitely hope I will. Last week, we started looking at Matthew chapter 14, and we'll be back in Matthew chapter 14 this morning. And last week, if you missed, missed last week, we looked at the Faith Marathon, and we know that faith is a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? It's an A to Z. It's going to take some time. We're going to get there. Um, we've got to keep working at it. But we learned three things. We learned that faith starts small. It's just that step of faith. It's the initial step of faith. But we have to do what? We have to start small. We can't, we can't go in and, 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 and conquer faith altogether, right? You don't eat a whole cow. But many of us eat a cow throughout the year, right? Because we eat that much beef. I know I do, right? I kill, kill a cow. I love some beef. But, you know, you, 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 you kill a cow one bite at a time, right? You, you, you conquer faith one step at a time. And pretty soon, whatever you're praying for will come if you just stay after it. We also realize that once we start out in faith, then the faith begins to what? Grow, right? I got one person listening from last week. Grow, right? We go grow. I know there's a lot more. But grow. Uh, and and, and we, so we, we, we take that faith after being small, and it grows. But in order for it to grow, we have to what? Surrender it to him right? We don't surrender it, then we can't let it grow. And, 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 and the thing is, we want to hold on to it. But we have to surrender it for, in order for us to see it actually grow. And so this morning, I want to take a look at what's called the faith challenge. And like I mentioned last week, faith doesn't stop. It's a continuance. It always goes. It always moves. There's always something to have faith in. It just doesn't say, I had faith for this one instance, and I'm done having faith. There's always something to have faith in. There's always something to place your faith on. There's always something to pray about. There's always something to challenge our faith, whether you're praying for something in your own personal life, whether you're praying for a, a brother or a sister or a friend or a family member, regardless if maybe it's praying for your church or your church family or whatever it may be, there's something that's there that should challenge our faith. Faith is challenging. And if you don't have something that says, I'm going to challenge my faith, you might want to examine your life and see really what you're praying for and see what you're, you're searching for and see we, really what you can pray for because faith should be challenging. There's things, there's needs in this house today that I want to pray for and I want to join my faith with your faith and say, you know what, let's see what God can do. That would challenge my faith and should challenge each one of our faiths. Amen. It's a faith challenge. It should challenge each one of our faiths. Through the gospel, Jesus teaches his, his disciples to elevate their faith. He teaches them to have faith, not just in chapter 14, but it's throughout the entire New Testament, or actually his ministry, the four gospels. He challenges his disciples, and he challenges them, and it's not was just not for their own good, but it's for us as well. We can look at these stories and we can go back to Matthew chapter 14 and we can look at what, they, what, what, what faith they had or the lack of faith they had and we can see what they did and apply those in our life as well. It wasn't just a lesson for them, but it was a lesson for us today for us to grow in our faith. We all can grow in our faith. Do you agree with me on that? I know I can. We all can grow in our faith. This morning, we're not just getting a lesson for the 12 disciples, this lesson's for us today. Matthew chapter 14 is for us today. It's one of my favorite Bible texts that we'll see 
And when challenged, and you think about this, when challenged, one of 12 disciples moved. One of 12 disciples moved. And, I, you know, that's probably like that in, in, in our today. One in 12 Christians probably really have real faith. I don't know. I didn't make that number up. But that's really what probably statistics are. Real faith. Real faith. My desire is for us to be challenged in our faith. And there's four truths I want us to see regarding faith challenge. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. If you don't, look at the, up the projector, Matthew chapter 14. We're back in the New Living Translation today, starting with verse 22 through 24. It says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back in the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. And meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. The first truth I want us to see this morning is faith is uncomfortable. If I stood up here and told you that faith is comfortable, I will be telling you a flat-out lie. Faith is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It is totally uncomfortable. I want you to see this, okay? Look what Jesus did. Immediately feeding the 5,000 with the five loaves and two fish, he told his disciples, go to the other side, take the boat and go to the other side. And I'm going to go and I'm going to go on the hill and I'm going to pray by myself. You go that way, I'll go this way. That doesn't seem like a big deal, right? Doesn't seem like a big deal on the surface. But when you think about this, they were familiar with the Sea of Galilee. They had issues on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus sent them back on the Sea of Galilee again. And I say again because if you look back to Matthew chapter 8, verse 24, we see that Jesus was in the boat with his disciples when a swell came and the storm came. And verse 24 says, suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept of the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. At this particular moment, they were in the Sea of Galilee. They were scared to death. They were frightening, and Jesus was asleep. We know the story, right? He wakes Jesus up, says, Jesus, we're going to die here. What are you going to do? He rebukes the waves, he rebukes the wind and the storm, and it all ceases. And then he looks to his disciples and he says, the first time, ye of little faith. You have little faith. And when we see the disciples sent to one more time, we, sent, we see them sent to the Sea of Galilee one more time. And then verse 23 tells us that Jesus sent them, Jesus went to pray, and as Jesus praying, what fell? Night. Okay, what happened at night? The sea becomes an uproar. And where do we find the disciples at in verse 24? It says, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. Were they close by land? They were far away from, from land. And a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. The Sea of Galilee has its own kind of weather system, right? Kind of like the Great Lakes in, our, in, our, in, our, in, our, in the United States, where they causes their own weather, weather pattern because there's so much water and, and so much things going on there that it causes their own weather pattern. Same thing with the Sea of Galilee. And we see from verse eight, uh, Matthew 8, 24, is that, that suddenly a storm came. And here again, they're on the sea again, and a storm came. And they're in trouble from land. Jesus 
insisted that they get into the boats on the Sea of Galilee and go to the other side. Jesus sent them on the Sea of Galilee. Think about that. Jesus put them in that situation. Jesus put them there on the Sea of Galilee, and unlike last time, Jesus wasn't in the boat this time. Think about that. He sent them not in the boat. He sent them by themselves, and he was not in the boat. And we can ask the question, didn't Jesus know about the Sea of Galilee? Of course he did. He lived in that area. Didn't Jesus care about the well-being of the disciples? Of course he did. Did Jesus not know that the weather pattern can cause a, a, a tremendous storm? Of course he did. Then why would he put them in that situation? Why would he put them in that situation? Why couldn't they just wait and say, Jesus, we'll just crash out at the base of the hill. Go pray. We'll wait for you. It's dangerous out there. Why did he insist on putting them in that situation? You know Why? because it was an uncomfortable situation that would grow their faith. It was an uncomfortable situation that would grow their faith. If Jesus never put them in that situation, we would not have our text this morning. Think about that. If Jesus never put them in the situation, they, they could not be in awe in what Jesus did, and we'll see in a minute what Peter did that day. If he didn't put them in an uncomfortable situation. See, the problem with us, church, is sometimes we look at a situation and we reject the situation because we, we think that God didn't put us in that place where we would be uncomfortable. And we say, this is not comfortable, and I don't like doing this, and I'm not going to step out in faith because I'd rather stay in my comfort zone than step out of my uncomfort zone. We are like that, Amen. We were at the women's club for eight years because it was comfortable for us until we were forced out and put into an uncomfortable spot where we had to move out and pay rent. I'm sounding like a, a teenage kid, right? You know, just living in their parents' house and they have to move out, right? Finally paying on your rent, you know? Then it's not fun. You don't want to eat out every day and go here and go there. You're stuck in top ramen and water, right? But faith, let me tell you this. Faith, it can be comfortable, but most times it's uncomfortable. Because if it was comfortable, it would not be faith. It would not be faith. Right? God puts us sometimes in uncomfortable situations to grow our faith. There's nowhere in the Bible that says faith is comfortable. Nowhere in the Bible that says you're going to be comfortable in your faith. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Nowhere in the Bible. It might say it in our Bible, there might be a verse that says, Dennis 3.16, thou shalt be comfortable in faith, right? This doesn't exist because there's no Dennis 3.16 in the Bible. There's nothing in there. But what he said in his promise to us is not that we'll be comfortable, but he would be with us. Why would we need Jesus with us? Why would we need God with us? You know why? Because life's uncomfortable. Because the situations that grow us are uncomfortable. If it was comfortable, he doesn't need to be with us. Let me tell you this, my children, right? If they're comfortable, they don't need daddy or mommy, right? They don't need us because they're comfortable. But in those situations that they're uncomfortable, where do they run to? 
They run from mommy and daddy. Why? Because they need us to walk them through the uncomfortable situations in life. I tell you, it's those uncomfortable situations that grow. I thought about this last night, and, and, and where we're at in, in life with Haley, and right now when we correct her, right, we make her feel uncomfortable for her to see the wrong that she's doing. And it's so sweet, she, she, she says, and it melts your heart away. But, you know, we, we were in the store last night, and we got down to this, this, is, this is exactly how it goes down. And we know, and we, we will try to beat each other to say it first. But Nathaniel turned around to, you know, knock it off, Haley. And Haley looks at Nathaniel, but, 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 mommy, I love you, right? And it breaks your heart, and, and we know that by heart already. As soon as we, as soon as we get on to Haley, but, 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 Daddy, I, 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 I love you, right? And why do we get on to her to make, she's feeling uncomfortable. She's feeling uncomfortable to grow her, right? The, that, that uneasiness in our heart makes, us, makes her go out and, and, and say, listen, I, I still love you, you know, and I, I love you too. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. But it grows us, amen? Let me tell you this. Moses wasn't comfortable. He made excuse. After excuses, after excuses, not to walk in the faith that God was trying to give him. He was uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable. Israelites, they wandered for 40 years. Why? Because God was making them uncomfortable. In fact, they looked back and said that, that they had comfort as being a slave in Egypt. Comfort being a slave? No. You're uncomfortable now. And why were they uncomfortable? Because every step of the way, God was trying to get their attention and grow their faith. Think about Gideon. Gideon. He kept testing God over and over again. Are you sure I'm the one to take out the Midianites? Are you sure, God? Are you sure you're sending me? Are you sure? And he goes, I'm sure. And finally, Gideon said, okay, fine, we'll go to battle. And God says, great, you have too many men, 32,000, way too many. Brought them down to 300. Talking about being uncomfortable. At that point, I want to say, time out, Lord. I didn't sign up for this. I want my 32,000 men back. At least get me something, right? But it makes us uncomfortable when we go to war when we only have 300 men. But you know what that does? It's because God was saying, I'm going to get the glory for this. Walk in faith. Walk in faith. Be uncomfortable and walk in faith. And God used him, being uncomfortable, to grow his faith. Joshua was instilled as a leader of the Israelites after Moses passed. He was uncomfortable. In Joshua 1, we see the Lord remind him three times, be strong and courageous. Why did he have to be reminded three times to be strong and courageous? Because he was uncomfortable. But God used him in a mighty way because he kept on moving forward in faith. Amen? Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, lean on, trust in. This is the Amplified Version, so that's why it gives you all these examples. Lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your insight or understanding. Why do we not rely on our insight understanding? Because our insight understanding says, this is uncomfortable, don't do it, right? That's our, our instinct is, this is uncomfortable, don't do it. Don't do it. But he says, do not rely on your own understanding or insights. We want to grow. And this is the thing, too, is when we want to grow in life, we're going to be uncomfortable. Us as adults, right? All of us are adults in here. 
We want to go back to school, maybe get a college education, get a degree, get her whatever, bachelor's degree, master's, doctorate, whatever. It's, going to, it's, it's uncomfortable for us. So a lot of the times we don't do it because it's uncomfortable, right? We, 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 we need to change our way we eat, and we don't do it because we like comfort foods, right? You know, when, we were, when we we're dating and things, we, we, we'd go to the gym and everything else, and then we got married, and we got comfortable, and we got a little extra pounds on us, right? And they go back to the gym and work that out. That's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, but that's where growth happens. That's where growth happens. Amen? So when we're uncomfortable, Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 6, the, the second half of that, it says, in all your ways, in all, in all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will what direct our, um, I'm sorry, and he will direct and make straight our plan, our, our plan and path. Right? Plan your path, I'm sorry. Nowhere does it say if we're going to be comfortable. Faith's not comfortable. But in everything, he will direct our path. The way it happens is we get out of our what? Comfort zone. That's so hard for us. We're comfortable. We got to get out of our comfort zone. How are we going to grow as a church? Get out of our comfort zone. Do things that are not comfortable. Do things that maybe we feel like we're not that good at. But we do it anyways because that's what God has called us to do is be the church. Amen? As individuals, because we make up the church, not the building here, but we make up the church as individuals. And God's telling you to do something, it may feel uncomfortable going out and talking to somebody or inviting somebody for church or praying for somebody or talking to a stranger. It may feel uncomfortable, but let me tell you, if we step out of our comfort zone, then that's when God takes over, right? That's where God takes over. Amen? Faith grows when we're uncomfortable. The second thing I want us to see in verse 25, it says, about 3 o'clock in the morning, Three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. What? Walking on water. Second thing I want us to see about faith is faith takes courage. Faith takes courage. Here are the disciples. They are afraid. They have these winds. They have these water that they're dealing with. And now something is approaching them. Some object is approaching them. Something that they think, they think is a ghost approaching them, right? And here was Jesus. And Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm Jesus. All he says is, I am, Right? That's all he says. I am here. I'm sorry. If, if you're at my front door and I say, who is it? And you say, I'm here. I'm going to say, I'm here is not getting the door open. I'm sorry. It was, I'm, not, I'm not doing it, right? I want you to identify yourself. That takes courage. When all he said was, I am here. And Peter says, that's you, Jesus. Allow me to come out to you walking on water. Courage. You know what the definition of courage is? It's the ability to do something that frightens one. It's the ability to do something that frightens one. When you're frightened, you feel comfortable? No, you don't. You feel uncomfortable, right? Stepping out in faith is a challenge 
And sometimes it's flat out frightening. Let's be real. Sometimes it's flat out frightening. That's why it takes courage. So what Jesus was telling them to do was to find strength in their pain. Find strength in what's frightening them. Do something. And that something was what? Have faith. Take courage. Do something in your pain. Do something when you're frightened. What does that mean? Have faith. He's saying, be courage. Be courageous. I have faith. It is I, right? He tells them, I am here. But in order for them to believe he was there, they had to have faith that was actually him because they could not see who it was. They could not physically see that it was Jesus walking on water. They had faith that it was him. And so there they had a trust and assurance. And it sounds very familiar. Say Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. They were hoping and they were, uh, had assurance that it was Jesus on the other end, right? They were hoping and, 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 and had faith that it was Jesus. Peter does something that takes courage. He calls out to Jesus. He says, if it's really you, allow me to come to you on a boat? No. By swimming? No. By walking on water. Say what? That's courage, right? I don't know. I sink in water. That's why I don't like water, right? I sink straight down in water. But Peter says, listen. If it's you, if it's you, in reality, I think Peter didn't say if it's you. I think more of it's like, since it's you. Since it's you. Because a lot of times we put that word if and faith. If, if this happens, if it doesn't happen, if this, if that. In reality, what it is, is there's no faith because we put that little powerful word of if in there. And I don't think Peter at that time he, was, he wouldn't be walking on water if it was Jesus. I believe it was something like, since it's you, allow me to walk upon water. Not if, since. Since it's you, Lord, allow me to walk upon water. That takes faith. The, the unfaith, that, that's even a word, is to sit back in the boat and say, if it's you, keep coming, Jesus. Or if it's you, allow me to uh, allow me to use my own strengths, swim, boat, row, whatever you want to call it, to you. Stay in my comfort zone. Doesn't require any faith whatsoever. I'm good where I'm at. Allow me to come to you in my boat, in my safety net. But he said, listen, if it's you, allow me to walk upon the water. He just said, I'm going to take courage and do something that's going to make me feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Here, Peter was a fisherman. He probably fished the Sea of Galilee. He knew what this, the sea was, was, was about. He knew how dangerous it was. He knew that it was impossible to walk on water. But he said, I'm going to do the courageous thing. I'm going to stand up and say, since it's you, Lord, allow me to walk upon this water. Think about that. Third thing I want us to see this morning 
Verse 29, Jesus' response was, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over uh, the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. The third thing I want us to see about faith is faith acts. Someone say that with me, faith acts. Faith acts. Jesus asked Peter, I'm sorry, Peter asked Jesus, if it's you, allow me to walk upon the water. And Jesus answered with a simple, yes, come. In fact, in your translation, in your Bible, the NIV or the New King James Version, all it says is, come, come. He says, hey, hey, Jesus, if it's you, allow me to walk on the water. And Jesus didn't, didn't say anything else other than he said, come. Peter physically took that invitation and he walked upon the water. It's an action. Again, Jesus, he could have been sitting in the boat saying, if it's you, allow me to come to you in a certain way. But he said, no, no, I'm going to elevate my faith. And if it's you, allow me to walk upon the water. Let me tell you what James says in 2.17. He says, in the, same, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is what? Is dead. It's dead. If he stood in his boat and he said, is that you, Jesus? And Jesus says, yes. Come. And Peter says, I'm cool. I'm going to stay here, but I still believe it's you. There's no faith involved. There's no action involved. We can all talk a good game, but when it comes down to actually having faith, how many of us actually have faith in what we're asking for or believing for? Amen. And I'm speaking from experience because I've been in that same seat before where I've been all talk, but no game. We got to have the game to back it up, right? I was telling my son, stop your yapping and show your game on the courts, right? That's where it comes down to, is where's our faith at in action? You can talk a good game, but if you don't move forward in faith, then at that point, your faith is absolutely dead, right? Let me tell you this. Peter's faith would have been dead if he never got out of the boat. And unfortunately for 11 other disciples, their faith was dead. And you know why their faith was dead? Because I don't think that this was a simple yes, come, Peter only kind of deal. I don't believe that whatsoever. I don't believe that he was telling Peter, yes, come, but only you because you're the only one that asked. I believe that if every disciple got out of the boat that night, every disciple would have been able to walk upon the water because their faith would have been there. But 11 of them said, no, I'm straight. I believe it, but I ain't doing it. Faith is worthless. It's talk, no game, no action, nothing there. Think about that. 11 of the disciples sat in the boats, and only one had enough faith to act. But without action, faith is dead. I'll tell you this, if we were sitting in the boat, we were hearing this conversation with Peter, and he asked to walk upon the water, I bet we were always sitting there in the boat thinking, you know, is this, this guy really going to walk upon water? You know, does he have heat stroke? You know, what's going on? Is he tired from the waves and the winds? What's, what's going on with him? He ain't talking right, right? How could he think he could possibly walk upon the water? Or we might be pondering of how cool it would be if he did walk upon the water. Either way, our faith wouldn't be there. He was the only one with faith. See, we can have faith all day or say we have faith all day, but without action behind it, just talk. 
all it is. It sounds rough. It sounds harsh, but that's real. We got to have faith with action. Otherwise, it's dead. Amen? It goes back to last week when five loaves and two fish. If we never gave up the five loaves and two fish, we've never had the feeding of the 5,000, which again, remember, it wasn't 5,000. It was probably 15, 20,000 plus. But he had to give up the five loaves and two fish, which was his action, which was his service. And they were all blessed by it. Amen? We may say we want a full basket, but until we act in faith and show the action, it's dead. Amen? He was one, Peter was the only one who had enough courage, but even more faith, to put himself in an uncomfortable situation to watch God work, Jesus work in his life. Amen? He was the only one that day that experienced the miracle. The other, we, other ones just witnessed the miracle. Let me tell you something. I love, I love you guys. But if we're both searching for a miracle, right, I'd rather experience my miracle and witness yours than just witness yours. Amen? And what will stop from my miracle from happening? It comes down to our faith. I want to witness miracles, but I want to receive them as well. I don't want to be like the 11 sitting in the boat and saying, wow, Peter was correct. He's walking on water. Man, I wish I, I blew that opportunity to walk on water, right? Because I think even at that point, by him walking on water, their faith should have increased. If Peter's walking on the water, so can I. If he did it and Jesus did it for him, so can I. You know what? Down in the Sea of Galilee, I go, right? It should encourage us. But instead, even on top of that, they still sat in their boat with no action and just witnessed a miracle and missed out on their miracle. Can you imagine the stories that went back, right, when they went back home? Can you believe Peter walked on water and Jesus and him were walking together and they were walking on water together? That was so awesome. And they probably turned to, you know, some, you know one, one of the other ones and like, hey, so, hey, Judas, why didn't you walk on water? Oh, I was just in the boat, man. I, that, was, that was just too much for me. You know, I was, did, not, did not have that kind of faith that Peter had, right? I mean, I mean, just think about the conversations that happen, and they'd be like, but you missed out. You missed out on the miracle because you had no action in your faith. That's amazing. The four things I want us to see. Verse 30 and 31 says, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. He says, save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Here it is again. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? He said it again on the Sea of Galilee, same, almost the same per, 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 uh, verbatim was, you have little faith. Doubt him. The fourth thing I want us to see about faith is faith is intentional. It's intentional. You have to be intentional on faith. Peter had to be intentional in his faith. Peter had Jesus in front of him, but he still had to be intentional. What the word intentional means, you know what it means? It means done on purpose. It means to be deliberate. 
deliberate faith done on purpose. See, but a lot of times we view faith as, oh, that was luck. That was coincidence. That was just the universe's perfect timings and the sun and the stars and the moon aligned, right? That's what we view it as. We have to be intentional. We have to truly believe and be deliberate in our faith. Let me tell you this. When Peter stepped out of the boat, he didn't say, well, I hope I can walk on water. He stepped out of the boat believing that he could walk on water. That's what he did. He stepped out of the boat to believe he's able to walk on water. He didn't view that it was possibility. He believed it as fact. Amen? He knew that Jesus was capable to allow him to walk upon water. Jesus was in front of him. But it wasn't just keeping his eyes on Jesus that allowed him to walk on water. It was keeping his faith in Jesus. So many times we look at this, this situation and we look at this story and we say, well, because Jesus was in front of him, that was what allowed him to walk upon water. It had nothing to do with Jesus in front of him, but it had everything to do with Peter's faith in Jesus who was in front of him. It was his faith. Amen. You say, well, Pastor, how, how do you know it was his faith and not just Jesus in front of him? Well, I'm going to tell you this. Jesus, I mean, uh, Peter's faith, Jesus was willing, but where was Peter's faith at? Where was Peter's faith at? See, if Peter's faith wasn't there, there would be no walking on water in Peter's life. None. There wouldn't be. Zero. Zilch. I, I, can, I, can, I can guarantee you that. Because we, we see is the, the chapter prior in, in Matthew 13, Jesus went to his hometown, and people discounted who Jesus was. See, he's just a carpenter's son. He's just that young boy. He's someone's brother. That's who he is. He's, he's nobody. And the word tells us in Matthew 13, 58, he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Jesus was in front of them, but it was their faith. Jesus was in Peter, in front of Peter, but it was his faith. And Jesus that allowed him to walk upon the water. Amen? Had nothing to do with Jesus in his presence. Jesus was in front of them in his hometown. He could not do very many miracles because they lacked faith. If Peter got out of the boat, out of his comfort zone, and he went all the way and said, I'm going to be courageous about it, but I don't know if this is going to happen, and I'm going to step out and see what happens, what happens, that's not faith. He knew if he stepped out of the boat. He had enough faith in Jesus that Jesus would allow him to walk upon the water. Amen? It wasn't about Jesus being in front of him. So many times we look at that and saying, Jesus is in front. That's why, no. It was the faith he had in Jesus. That's where that, the, the action was. And when Peter failed... What he, he, the reason why he failed was, number one, he took his eyes off Jesus. But again, it was his faith that sustained him. It wasn't the sight of Jesus that sustained him. What he did was he started putting his faith in his own circumstances. And I imagine as he was walking on water, he was like, Jesus, I believe. I believe. I have faith. I believe. 
and, I, and then, the, then the reality hits you and the flesh hits you because it hits all of us. And he's probably thinking, oh my gosh, I'm walking on water. What happens if I fail? What happens if I can't do this? And the next thing you know, the, the, the physical, the, the, the carnal side of us takes over and he falls into the water because he loses faith in Jesus and he realizes and sees faith in himself and he realizes that his ability is really his inability and he no longer can walk on water and he falls and he fails because he loses his intentional faith on Jesus Christ. When we fail in life and when we lose in life, it's because we intentionally take our sights off Jesus. And when we, when we see things happen in our life, when we see the work of God move, when we see boundaries broken, when we see healings, when we see restorations, when we see miracles happen, it's because they were somebody in somebody's life was intentional on their faith. And their faith was the one that moved God or, and Jesus to work on their behalf. Amen? That's where it happens at. That's where it happens at. We have to be intentional on our faith. That's the only way we stay focused. I want to close out on this this morning. We know faith is challenging. And why is it challenging? Because let's be honest, we don't want to feel uncomfortable. I like to be comfortable, right? I love to be comfortable. You guys know me. If I can wear flip-flops, shorts, basketball shorts, and a basketball t-shirt, I'm set, right? That's comfort for me. I, I wish I can wear that 24-7. It drives my wife bananas. Not as much anymore. I'll, I, I expounded my wardrobe. <laughs> but we, we don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't. We'd rather not be courageous. It's easier not to be courageous. We'd rather not be courageous. We'd rather not act. We'd rather stay put. And we'd rather not be intentional. That's a challenge for most of us, if not all of us. But let me tell you, with that challenge, there's a large reward. There's a miracle. There's a breakthrough. There's a blessing. There's a restoration. There's a healing. There's something unimaginable or unthinkable on the other side of it. But we have to be uncomfortable to get there. We have to be intentional in our faith. We have to act, and we have to have courage. I'm going to ask you four questions this morning. Will you step out and will you be uncomfortable? Will you be courageous and do something that might frighten you? Might frighten you. Will you not just speak about faith, but will you be a person of action and faith? And will you be intentional regarding that faith? Something that we all have to answer. But let's see where God takes us. We were intentional. We found this place. We came together, but let me tell you this, church, this isn't it. This isn't it for our church. There's bigger, there's better, there's unlimitless, because we serve an unlimitless God. And I don't know what it is, a year, two years, three years, we signed a three-year lease in this place, but my, my goal, and I'll just tell you, my wanting is that this one day will be our full-time offices, and we'll move into a bigger place, Amen? And in a bigger place, and a bigger place. And if we need to keep moving up, we'll keep moving up because we serve a big God. Amen? But let's see where our faith leads us at when we're uncomfortable, right? Let's see where our faith leads us at when we're taking action, when we're moving, and when we're intentional and courageous. Stand with me as I close in prayer.
God is good, amen? God is good. Heavenly Father, I come before you today, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for showing us, Lord, in a real challengeable way of what faith looks like, Heavenly Father. And I ask you right now, Lord, that as we step out, Lord, and we feel that uncomfortableness, Lord, I, even though it's uncomfortable, you're right there with us. You're holding our hand. You're leading us and guiding us. Or just like if we were kids and we needed a, our daddy or mommy's hand, Lord, we take that hand and we feel comfortable or we feel reassured. We still feel uncomfortable, but we feel reassured because you're in our presence. And I ask you, Heavenly Father, to, to give us some uncomfortable moments, Lord. Stir us up, Heavenly Father. Allow us to, to step out and, and move in, in faith with action, not just words, Heavenly Father. But as we do it, let us be courageous and intentional in our faith, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your word, Heavenly Father. Allow it just to meditate in our, in our, in our life this week, Heavenly Father. Allow it to come to life in a real tangible way, Lord, I pray. Be with us, protect us, keep us safe, Lord, and bring us back next Sunday, Heavenly Father, for another awesome service with you, Lord. Lord, I ask you, Lord, for the the, 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 the testimonies that are going to go on in this place, Heavenly Father, of what you're doing in, in, in these young men's life, Lord, and Teen Challenge, Lord. Minister to them, Lord. Prepare our hearts this week, Lord, as you're preparing their hearts to, to, to deliver their word, Heavenly Father, your word through them, Lord. And I thank you for that, Lord. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.